Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday. October 12th, 2023. Everybody, it is Friday the 13th in October Eve. It's spooky. There's a chill in the air. There's spider webs on the video wall. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I am joined by my very good friend, the voice of Clive from Final Fantasy 16, the potential future voice of Super Mario, the potential new president of PlayStation, Ben Starr. It's so lovely to be here now that I play all of those roles. You're out um, here killing it, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, it's weird. Every time, um, every time a new role becomes available, I get people in my DM saying, you can audition for this. Um, and I've had so many people critique me on my auditions as really? well. So they're not actually very good auditions. And I think <laughs> that's the point. The point is that they're not good auditions. Dude, we were just talking about this uh, right before we went live. I love how much fun you're having out here. Obviously, Final Fantasy 16, major success, came out. I freaking loved it. I've talked to you about that a whole bunch. But I love even more just seeing you on Twitter, just having fun posting these goofy videos. How are you feeling about all that? I love it. Um, I've always been a clown. I've always kind of loved having fun. Um, and you've, <laughs> I've been allowed this platform and I, and I play this serious character for most of my career. I've played very, very serious characters and I, and I love playing Clive and I have a really strong emotional connection to him, but I've really enjoyed just playing. And, um, you know, I said to you, we love playing video games and the internet is kind of like that, right? It's like me standing on a, on a little stage and, and doing bits and if people like it, they say, do more, do this, do this. And I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just, let's just be silly and have some fun. And, um, I come from this, you know, I'm, I am a person who consumes this type of media in this way. So I'm just doing the stuff that I would love to, to see. And everyone's been great. You know, they know I'm not being serious. Um, and it's it's been such a such a treat. So thank you to everyone that's joined in my really stupid games. It's awesome. It, it's so awesome. And now here's the thing, though. Like the reason you're on the show, of course, uh, you were here in the studio a couple months back doing Games Daily. You are now remote because you're you're back home uh, in London, right? Yes. Yeah, back in home cold, in London, autumnal London. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been wild weather-wise over here. It is, it's been simultaneously in one week, like the hottest week we've ever had in San Francisco, and then also just like torrential downpours out of nowhere for like five minutes. It makes no freaking sense. Like the world is ending and it's a very sad thing. But a very exciting thing is the reason that you are here today, of course, to hang out with me and talk about video games, but also to talk about your new projects you got going on. You want to talk about that a little bit? I do, yeah. Um, so it's something that myself and uh, a couple of other UK video game personalities have been working on. Um, it's D and D actual play Kickstarter. It launches next Monday, um, and the trailer is up now. Um, it involves Harry McIntyre, who you know from Xenoblade Chronicles Three, um, Doug Cockle, the voice of Geralt of Rivia, 
Um, we've got uh, Alex Jordan, who you know as Mr. Hands uh, from Cyberpunk, also makes the sex noises in Baldur's Gate 3. Great. Got Aoife Wilson Aoife, from dude, Eurogamer. Huge fan of Aoife. That's <laughs> awesome. Aoife and Holly Bennett as well, who's a great friend and from PlayStation Access now, works at various various places across across the video game world they are amazing people and we've kind of bandied together to create this entirely new world harry's made reliquiae um and it's we're hoping to get funding for it like we've done our session zero we've rolled our characters um and monday it launches so yes yeah, sign up for the kickstarter and and um and play along with us we really want to create a community we're trying to insert ways in which members of the community and people who back us have an opportunity to feel really involved in the game and, and shape the world with us. So we're looking at ways that we can do that. Um, it's it's uh, really, really, really cool. And I feel very lucky to be a part of it. And thank you for allowing me to talk about it. Um, we're also EGX tomorrow, which I'm really nervous about. We're doing a live show. We thought, how about we just jump off a cliff and perform a live show at EGX? So tomorrow at 6 p.m. we'll be doing that. And so, uh, Something tells me that's going to be a blast. Life. If you're yeah, if you're in the yeah. area, definitely go check that out. And also uh, check out Twitter right now, uh, Natural Six at Natural Six. You can go follow them there uh, for information on the Kickstarter, like he was saying, that launches on Monday. Uh, ben, we did D and D recently, uh, a couple mm. weeks back, and for the very first time, uh, having Nick run a game for us, and it went about as well as that sounds like it went. But it was a lot of fun, whole bunch of fun. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for real professionals out there to do it the right way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to be chaos. Um, it's not going to be uh, professional. It'll be a beautiful blend. We've got a great different a variety of experiences um, uh, from people who've never picked up a D20 before to people who know exactly what they're doing. Fortunately, Harry McIntyre is not only an amazing DM, he's very experienced playing Dungeons and Dragons, but he's an absolute word, wordsmith and has built this amazing world. I'm so excited for people to experience it. Awesome. Everybody check out Natural 6 on Twitter now or on Kickstarter on Monday. But we're going to talk about that even more later. We're talking about Mirage being Ubisoft's biggest new gen launch yet. Princess Peach, Showtime's box art changing and more because this is kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday we come at you live with all the video game news that you need to know of course you could watch live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or youtube.com slash kind of funny games but if you can't watch live that's totally cool you can watch later on youtube or roosterteeth.com if you'd rather listen to us as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you uh, if we get something wrong during the show you can watch live and go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong to correct us and we will get to that at the end of the show with corrections um, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to go above and beyond and support us at the utmost and we appreciate you so very very much including our patreon producers jedi master deadpool and delaney twining uh, they get the show ad free they get a whole bunch of bonus content it's a great time over there a little bit of housekeeping for you uh, we're throwing a meet and greet fundraiser for extra life uh, actually square pie guys is throwing us a meet and greet fundraiser for extra life so you can come hang out with kind of funny on wednesday october 25th uh, we'll be celebrating the launch of the kind of funny pizza which is a buffalo chicken pie raising money for the big beautiful kids all proceeds from the tickets go to our extra life fundraising you'll be entered to win fabulous prizes and you'll get to hang out with some of us uh, you can get your ticket yes this is a ticketed event at kindoffunny.com slash spg party that's like square pie guys party spg party um a new kind of funny x cast is up right now asking the question when will call of duty come to game pass 
very relevant question right now. Uh, and uh, today we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, but I'll tell you all about that later. First off, shout out to Gary Witta. I saw people saying he looks like Daniel Craig's James Bond, and I'll give it to him. <laughs> he said it on the show, and, you know, like, yeah, he's he's got the vibe. He's got the sunglasses because he forgot to bring his regular glasses in again. And there's just something about the collared shirt. Just how it opens. Yeah. The collar yeah. specifically gives off the vibe. Yeah. I think he could get away with it. I really do. Like, I have seen worse kind of, like, Elvis impersonators get away with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, exactly. He's, he's, he's got it. <laughs> You know, in a bar, on a really dingy bar on like a Friday night, I've seen people be like, I'm Tom Jones. And I'm thinking, you're not Tom Jones. That, that, but that, that is a bit, that is a bit Daniel Craig. <laughs> just, just a bit. All the right just bits, Gary. Uh, but for now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Story number one. Ubisoft says Assassin's Creed Mirage had its biggest new gen launch to date. This comes from Taylor Lyles at IGN. Uh, Ubisoft's revealed some details about the debut of Assassin's Creed Mirage, saying its player count is in line with the previous launches like Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey. In a post on the social media platform Twitter, uh, Ubisoft released a statement thinking, thanking players for their support for the new release and that developers' back-to-the-roots experience has paid off. With the number of players being in line with past successful launches, such as Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, were humbled by the positive reception. The company also says Mirage is the biggest new generation launch game in terms of unit sales in Ubisoft's history. Uh, the revelation is not entirely surprising for those familiar with the series, especially the more recent entries. Ubisoft confirmed ahead of launch that Assassin's Creed Mirage would only take on average 20 to 23 hours to complete, a stark contrast from the previous games Valhalla and Odyssey, which had massive open worlds to explore that would take dozens of hours to search every inch of virtual land fully. Ubisoft also shared some community-focused statistics recorded in Assassin's Creed Mirage's first week, including a 1.2 million street cats being pet, uh, and it's fitting that they've pointed this out, given players recently discovered that some of the street cats in the game have markings resembling Assassin's, the Assassin's Creed logo on their nose. Have you seen this? It's adorable. Well, petting a street cat? The, the, the cats in the game, like, they have, like, the Assassin's Creed logo, like, on their face. Have, it's yeah. great. It's great. Yeah. I also want to say that's that's a pretty amazing thing. Petting a street cat. I've tried to do it before in my life. 1.2 million street cats. That's they're not very fast street cats. <laughs> uh, players also spent 479 collective years parkouring the rooftops of Baghdad and taken 60 million leaps of faith. Yeah, thank you, Barrett, for bringing up the cat with the logo on its face. It's just great. And yeah, they drop items when pet. It's fun stuff. I love that the, the, like, can you pet the dog has just become such a thing where it's just like, it's an expected feature of every game that you can pet the animals. Yeah, it was a trophy in Final Fantasy 16 for it. Like, it matters to people. Yeah. Like, I, if there are animals, I want to be able to pet them. It's just, it's just, and it's a disappoint. it's a gaming failure if you can't. Um, but I think when it comes to, when it comes to this, congratulations to the game. It's a success for them. It's what they wanted. It's in line with expectations. Um, Assassin's Creed keeps on selling. Um, I mean, dude, I, 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 go for it. No, I, I think that, I think that we are, I'm always surprised in this where they say that it's a short game. I think maybe it shows how inflated those games became, that 25 hours is short and people are saying that it's too short. Um, you know, like 25 hours for me is a decent length game. That's going to take quite a while. And certainly if you've got a day job, 25 hours is a lot of game to play. Um, 
and I've, I've been intrigued by that kind of discourse of saying it's a disappointment, it's a smaller thing. Um, but I've, I'm, I think it shows how big, how massive those gains came. And I hope that this, you know, refocuses them and allows them to think going forward, because, you know, this was DLC, um, going forward, what Assassin's Creed can become and them trying to figure out what they want the identity to be for the next 10 years. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, congrats to them. This is great. I feel like this was an experiment that um, is clearly paying off. And it's something that, you know, Barrett was really excited for and uh, reviewed it and really liked it a lot. Uh, Barrett, would you say that like this being the, let me ask you this, is the 20 to 23 hours, does that feel right to you for this, for this game? And on top of that, how is that in line compared to uh, the the duration of some of the the more classic games that this was uh in the style of yeah so i i finished the story i think in like 19 hours and 45 minutes so um and that was with like doing some of the extra collecting stuff and uh just like the not open world activity but just like the side stuff right uh and so honestly i think you could probably like if you're just going through the story which i think the the way the game's designed you can do uh you could probably finish that game and like 15 hours flat um which is really nice and yeah very similar to the old school assassin's creed uh compared to like origins is like a i want to say origins is like a 30 to 35 hour game if you're just kind of like mainlining it odyssey is somewhere like uh, like 60 hours and then valhalla is at least 70 so yeah wild absolutely wild but something that i think is interesting here is ubisoft wrote or they also said Mirage is the biggest new generation launch game in terms of unit sales in Ubisoft's history. So Ubisoft's history in new generation, does that mean that for whatever the new generation was, or is that just talking about the PS5 and Xbox Series X generations? Worded a little bit weird. It's worded in a very specific way that means that they're allowed to say those exact things. Yeah. Um, I, th it's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's the this, that's the this, that's the this, that's the best thing. And, um, great yeah the new generation new generation launch like i remember like assassin's creed have always been a part of like the very early generations like, i i swear black a lot of them are cross-gen right so you've got like black flag was cross-gen um was what was the first valhalla. one that came out on yeah was, was Val new? valhalla was cross-gen oh yeah of course it was i played that i played a really janky version of that on my playstation 4 that did <laughs> not work that was a game that was janky as hell. And I put 170 hours into that video game. Um, that, was, that was like, that was punishment. That was punishment for myself, but I loved it. It was just like, you know, when you were eating, like I was like Augustus Gloop and Matilda, just like eating, eating that. Not Augustus, not Augustus Gloop? Yeah, from Willy whatever Wonka. it was. Willy Wonka, yeah, whatever. Just like, okay, there's, there's, there's my Roald Dahlisms. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bruce <laughs> Bogtrotter and Matilda, that's for. it. Go back, rewind it. Bruce Bogtrotter and, and Matilda, just like eating that chocolate cake, hating it, but kind of loving it at the same time. Um, I'm, I, I think that um, Assassin's Creed, like most franchises, uh, has gone through an identity crisis um, and needs to reconfigure what it wants to be, what its relationship is with itself. Um, and it was brilliant. It, you know, Odyssey, I think a lot of people would say is, is the peak of the franchise of what that version was. Valhalla was, um, uh, it was the, the Spider-Man 3 maybe of, uh, you know, some people love it, some people don't. Those are fighting um, words. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Guys, 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 guys. Back ben, off, I'll back fight off. you. I love that. <laughs> I'll fight you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'll fight you from this country. Come on, you come over here. Um, <laughs> you get on a plane, Barry. You get on a plane. I will um, get on a plane. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 
but I, 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 I think what is also this is this used to be DLC and it kind of got inflated, right? This is something that was small that became bigger. And I think Assassin's Creed, it's nice that they're going back to, um, it's, it's a soft reboot, isn't it? Like it's, it's, we're going back to, um, Altair, you you start and you look. It's so the homage to the original games are all there. It's just like old days. Come on, guys, come back in. That's and been it's part of the promotional material, and it it's does. Working. I mean, and, like that's the thing is like you know they're they're talking. I'm sure they have to like use some some funny wording here, but it's just like at the end of the day, like yeah, this is it's selling very well. Um, and it's a little cheaper too than uh like the full price titles, right, Barrett? That's a great question. Too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it. <laughs> How much was, did you pay but... for it, Parrot? <laughs> uh, I was uh, given a review code by Ubisoft, so I have no idea. Um, but I can do some research for you. Yeah, I, I love that. I like just like assume quid. that you're just like, yeah, it is cheaper. It's fifty bucks. Uh, people okay. are saying in the, in the chat there. So yeah, you know that all, that kind of adds up and makes sense. Um, and and yeah, I think it's exciting that it, it's doing well for them. Ubisoft definitely needs the wins uh, in any way. For you were talking about the identity of Assassin's Creed. I feel like even the identity of Ubisoft um mm -hmm. but yeah some some smaller titles i think uh are definitely gonna speak to me more than uh some of the 170 hour games they're talking about there but um yeah good good for them and i think at the end of the day like not only is the game performing well it's reviewing well like people liked the yeah. game so um and, and for a game also, that i think it doesn't need to review well i don't think it does like assassin's creed is one of those franchises in this country anyway a bit like fifa it kind of doesn't matter like you and i you and i are not necessarily gonna pick up every assassin's creed but i can tell you that like joe down the road he's probably going to play three games a year and one of them is going to be assassin's creed like assassin's creed is a franchise there were movies about it man like it's <laughs> it's outside of video games yeah it definitely is i and and you know the 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 rise of just like bigger 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 more 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 i think like at some point ubisoft was started seeing that with like what you're saying while still true wasn't growing in the way that they needed it to but i do think that uh we kind of like as an industry and people that do care about the reviews and talk about things that way i think over the last year talking about this game it kind of always felt like uh oh yeah that thing's happening too like it's for the people it's for we'll see what it actually like if it does anything and it's working it reviewed well and it's selling well so it's like i, I just congrats to them for pulling this one off well done they deserve it um, story number two, we got some breaking news here. Mario's new voice actor potentially has been revealed uh, via a data mine of the demo. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Um, the new voice of Mario's potentially been revealed, and it's not Ben Starr, uh, following an Whoa. alleged data mine of a Super Mario Brothers Wonder retail demo. An unverified list of voice actors for Wonder first appeared on the 4chan forum on Wednesday and then spread to other social media sites and forums such as Reset Era. Uh, the list is said to have been published after an anonymous user managed to obtain the kiosk demo for Mario Wonder, which was rolled out at U.S. retailers last week, then modified it to access content not meant to be seen by the players. The user posted images on 4chan, uh, previously unseen Wonder levels to support their claims. Uh, Nintendo announced this summer that Charles Martinet, who has voiced Mario for over 25 years, would be stepping down from the role, uh, but still hasn't announced who's replacing him. The alleged voice actor list could point to Martinet's replacement, however, since it does not include credited characters, some analysis is required. Since LA-based uh, Kevin uh, Afghani's performance as Arnold in Genshin Impact sounds very similar to Mario Wonder's Talking Flowers, this leaves one likely candidate on the allegedly leaked list, veteran cartoon and video game voice actor Mick Wingert. Wingert's best known as the voice of Tony Stark in various Marvel cartoons, as well as Zhang in the spin-off Kung Fu Panda series. He's also contributed voices to games such as Genshin Impact, Spider-Man, World of Warcraft, and Fire Emblem 
heroes. So yeah, a lot going on there. I, I've been thinking it's a little weird that they announced that Charles was leaving, going to be a Mario ambassador, and then there's clearly a new Mario voice in Mario Wonder that they said is not Charles. It sounds very similar, but it's definitely not him, and they just haven't said who it is. And it's almost as if they like, they're like, it's not a big deal. Like, we don't want it to matter. It's Mario. Don't worry about it. But something about that feels weird to me, especially in the same year that Chris Pratt was Mario. And I think that Mario has now been introduced to an entire new group of people sounding like Chris Pratt. And now in this new game, he sounds like we think Mario sounds, but we don't know who his voice is. Yeah. Guys, it's me. I'm Mario. Um, it's a Mia, a Mario. It's not. And I've got to say, wing it. I'm coming for you. How dare you? This was my role. I auditioned. The internet said I'm allowed to be Mario. How will I pay my bills? I've finished recording, Clive. I don't have another job. I needed this wing it. Um, thrilled for him. I think um, when, when, when it comes to this, um, the entire rollout was strange. Everything about it was strange. I think it was a PR decision by Nintendo to say someone's going to get hold of this. Someone's going to get hold of this information and they're going to think we're being duplicitous. And they're going to think that we're in some way uh, throwing Charles Martinet under the bus and we are... Um, we are firing him essentially. So someone said, we're gonna get ahead of this and say, no, 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 this is a mutual thing. Cause like Nintendo ambassador, it's, I'm thrilled for him, but also it is a weird, it's a weird title. Yeah. Um, and it was nice that they chose to celebrate Charles because his work is so important for so many people. He is an amazing ambassador, not just for Mario, but for video games in general. Um, and I'm really pleased that they celebrated him in that way, but that's all they did. And then we expected something else. Then we expected the reveal, but I don't think Nintendo wanted to do the reveal because Mario is so much bigger than, than a voice, right? He, he, is, he is a mascot for, for all of video games. Um, and I think they wouldn't want an actor to kind of supersede that despite casting Chris Pratt in the movie. Um, and I think they clearly haven't spoken about it and they don't want to talk about it. And I don't think they're they going don't to. Want to talk. Th that's no, the thing is like, I, I, don't, I don't think we're ever like, even uh, uh, for Charles Martinet, I feel like he kind of became a character just because of how long he's been doing and how iconic his his voice and his lines have become uh, in video games and just in, in media in general. That like Nintendo still never really like put him at the forefront of anything. I feel like until recently uh, when they were like thanking him and essentially saying goodbye. Um, but yeah, like it, we we don't know necessarily unless you do digging the voice of Princess Peach or the voice of Toad or any of that, right? Um, it is interesting, like like playing um, the hour that I did for Mario Wonder. I did a preview a couple days ago, uh, and even from looking at the trailers, um, it's clear that they're really trying to make this one as different as possible while it's still being a 2D Mario game, like down to the jump sound effect and like the fire flower sound effect and the little voices being different than they used to be, um, but so similar. Like it's one of those, you gotta know to know type deals. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. And again, this being like some leaked information, we don't even know that it's true, but 
Uh, yeah, it being Mick Winger, who I'm unfamiliar with, but sounds like he's uh, done a lot of work. This sounds in line with what I expected. Um, I know some people were like, oh, they're not talking about it because it's going to be like a big reveal, a big surprise. That's not Nintendo's MO, unless it was going to be like a Chris Pratt or something like that, that I don't think any of us expected or wanted. Um, so <laughs> this is what we get. Yeah. No one's bitten. They're not going to roll out the red carpet and say, this is Mario now, because Mario is Mario. Mm -hmm. We celebrate Charles for his work because we know his work. Like, they're not going to say, congratulations. It's not like the new Doctor, you know, the new Doctor in Doctor Who or the new James Bond. It's like, Mario is it. We don't need to have another high-profile voice actor do it. And maybe, you know, they don't want to voice the new voice of, they don't want to announce the new voice of Mario because there'll be loads of people that can do it in the future. Yeah, potentially. I, um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if um, going forward, like, I mean, it sounds like Charles will no longer be the voice of Mario in future games. He could still be in, in one or two of them or whatever that looks like, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mario's voice is different game to game. And like if whatever game we get after Wonder is not even going to be uh, uh, Mick here, it could be somebody different because like they're trying to like potentially create a, like what you're saying. Mario is a character uh, more than a like like a singular thing. Like Mario is a doctor. Mario's a lawyer. He's never been a lawyer, but he could be a lawyer. Mario's a kart he racer. A He's lawyer. a tennis player. He does so many different things. He smashes his bros. Yeah. He does a lot of things. <laughs> he <laughs> smashes his crows. <laughs> yeah, move on. <laughs> Story number no, two. no, no. Let's stay exact. <laughs> Tim, don't move on. Hey, don't, no, 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 no. Tim, yeah. started move on. this. <laughs> Story number two. Princess Peach's Showtime's box art has been updated. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Uh, Nintendo's updated the Princess Peach Showtime box art to look a bit more like the Super Mario Brothers movie version of the character. Uh, spotted by No Context Super Mario on Twitter, the upcoming Nintendo Switch games key art's been updated to make Peach... <laughs> Peach... Peach look a little less gleeful. Uh, the bizarre change is barely noticeable unless fans are actually looking for it, but it does affect both the traditional looking Peach in the art alongside Kung Fu Peach, who also gets a more determined uh, update. Naturally, it's already a cause of confusion and the butt of a few jokes online um, and a whole bunch of other things. This is one of those weird things that's like, definitely not a new story unless you make it a new story, but like it, it is a thing that happened. Um, oftentimes pre-release art, will change and like the focus of like what's big and small uh will be updated um but yeah i do think it's kind of interesting that you look at these and clearly the original looks more like the in in line with the the peach that we've known for the last 15 or so years uh and then the updated one does look a little bit more expressive in the way that her uh movie form looked that I actually think is the right take for a new franchise like this that is trying to tap into a simultaneously same audience that switch normally has but also a different audience of potential younger kids that um watch the movie and have like fallen in love with this peach character and allowing her to be more than what she has been in the past which is essentially somebody that like giggles and then will say mario and like that's pretty much it but we saw in the movie like everything we're seeing in this picture here of the the swashbuckling and the, the kung fu and the baking and, like the versatility of peach I think that's more in line with the peach we saw in the film. It's the peach you want to play. Um, and wh when you, when you um, have a franchise that breaks out, not that it needed breaking out, but breaks out in the way that it, that it did in, um, have I frozen? I feel like I've frozen. Um, you I are, frozen? it's okay. I we feel like I'm frozen on that. Hold on. Uh, we have disconnected. Hold on. No, it's on our side. Yeah, it's well, on our side. That's funny because, like, yeah, that, the 
the floating image worked. We can see his reflection on the table was moving still. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> one one computer disconnected and the other one's fine. So uh, YouTube will uh, just have to have to wait a second here. But um, yeah, keep cool. talking. We're still recording. We keep talking. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. yeah, amazing. Great. Um, yeah. Um, when you when you have a franchise that breaks out into the mainstream as as Mario did this year in more than it ever was the most mainstream thing ever, but it proved its point. Um, it when you're doing over a billion dollars at the international box office and you have Peach at front and center, you're going to want to kind of capitalize on that. And so I think tweaking the face a little bit to make you you know a kid on the street, they're going to walk past or they're going to see an advert on the internet or they're going to see something in their local store and they're going to say, oh, that's Peach from the film. I want to buy that. It's a marketing thing. Yep. I recognize her from the film. I'm mm -hmm. going to buy it. They want to sell copies of this. They want to build a franchise, build a franchise on something that you already know, which is the peach that I saw on the big screen, along with all of my friends, 10 times that made over a billion dollars. It, it makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And I'm so excited for this game too. Like it was kind of like a, a funny joke when it was like the untitled peach game or whatever, but then seeing more of it at the last Nintendo Direct, I'm like, this is great. This is what I want to see from a peach game. It seems very that Nintendo magic, a lot of focus on set pieces and um, the, the kind of like fun, almost Luigi's Mansion style of every single level has a completely different vibe um, to it. And I feel like that fits the the character that we've seen. And um, I, I love where we're at with the the end of the Switch's life cycle where they're just getting weird. And they're just like, what do we, what do we got yeah. left? Let's just try some shit. So um, this has the potential to turn into a franchise that I think could be really cool and fit alongside a lot of the other Mario spinoffs that have um, come out that, you know, spinoff for most franchise franchises totally means, Hey, okay. There's this game. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And um, it kind of dies there with Mario. A spinoff becomes a core pillar of the Nintendo pantheon of releases. Yeah. So I, I can see this one um, either being a one-off or turning into a Luigi's mansion type series that, we're not going to get one every year, but you know, over time, like I can see them following up on this just based on what we, the two minutes we've seen of it so far. If this game, if this game is a failure, it will still sell 10 million copies. It's on the <laughs> Nintendo so Switch. Real, you know I mean? right? yeah. It's just, it's going to sell. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like games, this game could be the worst game ever and it will still sell that amount of money. Yeah. It won't be. It'll be brilliant. And yeah. I really hope that it does spawn another franchise because Peach deserves it. And if, you know, the movie's taught us anything, it's a character that can hold it. Um, and I think, great, come out from Mario's shadow. You've built a brilliant, um, you've got a great base. And like, let's, let's, let's get weird. Let's, let's do a cool Peach game. Why not? Sell loads of copies. Be excellent. Yes. I, I hope so. And I, I have good, a good feeling about this one. Uh, we're going to continue with more stories, but we're going to do that after a brief word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. You can bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. There's a ton of these football games happening, and each and every one, you're going to want to be there on DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook 
Sportsbook app now, and you can use code KINDAFUNNY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code KINDAFUNNY only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, you can call 1-877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. You can call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort KS, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void and ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms responsible. Gaming resources. And we're back with story number three, a very interesting one, a fun one that I'm excited to talk about here. Ex-Platinum Games VP Hideki Kamiya launches YouTube channel and can't work in games for a year. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Famed video game developer and former Platinum Games executive vice president Hideki Kamiya has stated a YouTube started a YouTube channel after leaving the company in September. Uh, Kamiya so far only has one video available on the Hideki Kamiya channel that seemingly shows him leaving the Platinum Games office before talking about future plans, why he left the studio he co-founded, and what he's been doing in the meantime, making curry and watching TV. Uh, he also revealed he can't work in the games industry for a year, likely due to a non-compete agreement that essentially allows Platinum Games to be the sole beneficiary of his ideas. Uh, but Kamiya only said this is due to reasons. Uh, the developer who directed Resident Evil 2 and was chief creator of Devil May Cry while working at Capcom before leading the likes of Bayonetta and the Wonderful 101 at Platinum Games was vague about his decision to leave in September, saying only it came based on his own beliefs. Uh, though he still doesn't give an explicit reason in the video, uh, he did share more insight, saying, I left the company because I wanted to follow my beliefs as a game creator and, I, and to choose the path I think is right and move on. Uh, he made it clear he wasn't retiring yet either and will consider what offers come his way when he's allowed to work in the games industry again. He joked he'll accept any offers over uh, around $670,000 a year, uh, though that does end the video by driving off to the unemployment center in a supercar. Uh, as for his YouTube channel, uh, he said he will upload videos that are completely education-free and have nothing to do with the video game industry, with the veteran developer seemingly ready for a break after working in games for 30 years. Ben, what's your takeaway on this? My takeaway, this is a man, this is a man who's worked hard his entire life and he doesn't care. He's been told he's not allowed to work for a year and he is not going to work for a year. Um, absolutely thrilled. This is, this is a man who's made some of my favorite video games of all time. Um, so take, take the year off, take the year off, make some funny videos. Um, the Ben Starwin. Uh, yeah. And you're not taking time off, but <laughs> get out here, make some yeah, videos. Maybe he, now you got yeah. some competition, man. He's going to be auditioning for Mario. <laughs> Yeah. When's the collab? Come on, make it happen. That's the real I got question. some time off. I'm not Mario anymore. <laughs> it's a nightmare. I booked out the entire year. Um, I, I, I think this is great. Um, and w what I love is that, you know, there are, we're fortunate enough to have been around video games long enough to have uh, relationships with these games that reflect who they are as people. And I think um, we're seeing a lot of great creators move on to, you know, new pastures um and i think it's 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 exciting and just take the rest like i did 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 he make akami as well was he responsible for akami um i think maybe i mean that, that, that's uh, in line with the other games there but yeah hold on let me check that out that sounds it he definitely was, he was the right. director yeah okay there you go i mean yeah man we're talking about a legend like 
like one of, one of the biggest legends uh, in the space. And what I love about this story, uh, I mean, there's so many different things to point out, but I love that we are at a point now with video games Get video games and the their level of maturation as an industry that some of these veterans have reached this this point that they can leave and it can be by their own accords they can kind of like own their own narratives and especially characters like him um can then start a youtube channel and do whatever they want which i'm sure there's a ton of people at platinum that are terrified right now of what might <laughs> what what might happen but on top of that he's allowed to kind of just promote himself in the best way possible to like field offers and to be able to own the fact that you are under NDAs, that you can't talk about a whole bunch of things to just own that and let everybody know. I think it kind of puts him in a great position for planning without planning for the future, essentially. Um, like it kind of is, gives him the ability to skirt around the, the politics and what he can't do and kind of allows him to do anything in a, in a pretty interesting way. Uh, looking at uh, Sakurai um, from Smash Brothers, who who you know retired from games in whatever way, a uh, ten million different times, but now he's doing his YouTube channel and his being a little bit more on the educational side. Uh, I, I love uh, Kavya here, like poking fun at that even a, a little bit, and like I imagine that they're gonna do some things together in the future. Um, I just think it's great that we've hit this point now that you know many years ago we saw. Um, the games media um, side of things. <laughs> oh no, that is, <laughs> he's frozen again. <laughs> the best freeze frame. <laughs> there he is, he's back. <laughs> that was a bad, bad, bad freeze. But um, we went from games media kind of being like, you're either at IGN or GameSpot or Game Informer or you're not to, you know, people like kind of funny and like so many other groups out there that are able to just because of the internet, because of YouTube and social media kind of do their own thing. And I love that uh, we've seen the rise of indie devs um, as well over the last 20 years, where they are a very important, vibrant part of the games industry as a, as a whole. But to see these, the, like the top dog guys, be able to be, become so much of a character in video games that they can then launch YouTube channels and have fun with it and like celebrate games in a different way or not, just do whatever the hell they want to really show who they are. I think it's really cool and interesting and, and in a world that we've seen so we have constant stories obviously layoffs and horrible things like that but we also in the last 10 years have seen so many stories of like studio heads leaving their teams starting new teams what comes from that um i like that we're at a point now that um there's different options for people to take in, in terms of like where their careers go in video games and um i'm very interested to see what comes from this YouTube channel and where he ends up in a year. Cause I think right now the options are limitless. And I think that they are only going to get more and more interesting as the year goes on. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same Jersey as you to be your best. Every time you step on the field, that's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I think he is, um, his work, his work speaks for itself. And I think the internet has provided people with just the most amazing opportunity to um, express themselves and show themselves. Like, I've, you know, I, I think that we, we've seen it with Sakurai and people are interested. We've seen it with Hideo Kojima doing his, his podcast. podcast. People want to hear from these people, right? They, they want to know what they're like. They want to, they've played their games. They want to get to know them more as people. And if you do have a year of downtime where you're not allowed to do it, I'm sure it's not in the original contract that he's not allowed to go and do a silly YouTube channel. So why not? Um, I'm really, really pleased that this is fun. And it's just great for fans of video games. Yeah. That they get to have that interaction with their heroes, you know, that they get to experience them in a way that they wouldn't because we haven't had that culture of of videos being pointed at, at, at these creators faces and getting to know them as people um we know their art but now let's you know see how fun they can be yeah absolutely uh moving on to story number four which is a follow-up to story number three shinji mikami teases return to work after non-compete clause seemingly ends uh this comes from tom ivan at vgc shinji mikami appears ready to return to game development following the expiration of a non-compete clause now that i've broken the spell of non-competition on myself i guess i should get to work he tweeted on thursday it was confirmed in february that mikami was leaving tango gameworks the studio behind the evil within ghostwire tokyo and hi-fi rush which he founded into 2010 before selling it to Bethesda. Uh, Mikami's best known for his time at Capcom, where he directed the first Resident Evil, its 2002 GameCube remake, and Resident Evil 4, among other titles. He also directed Vanquish for Platinum Games and produced Shadows of the Damned for Grasshopper Manufacture. Uh, in 2020, Mikami stated he wanted to direct one more video game project before he retires, adding that he had no shortage of ideas and they weren't limited to the horror genre. A lot of stuff, a lot of shakeups happening. A lot of cool things out there. Change is coming. Um, I love it. You know, one person starts their hiatus, another person finishes it. Um, mm -hmm. Good for him. I'm excited to see what Shinji Mikami, you know, does next. Yeah. Um, obviously, the the godfather of horror, the the man who has defined an entire generation of of, of horror video games. Um, and says that they don't want to do horror anymore and that's great whatever whatever that man decides they want to put their mind to i will happily play um, yeah i mean we've even uh, seen like you know not necessarily him but like with um with tango in general like them having um hi-fi rush recently right something that it was such a left turn from the horror games that we kind of expect from them and also it was amazing it was so awesome and if you haven't played hi-fi rush get it now it's on game pass you should definitely play it are you a hi-fi rush guy ben I have not played Hi-Fi Rush, but I've watched a lot of people play Hi-Fi so Rush. So good, man. Um, and it's not 23 hours. It's like eight hours. It's awesome. <laughs> what a, what a great, I just got to give, I've got to give Xbox props for the way that Microsoft, the way they just, that Hi-Fi Rush drop was electric. Do you remember the internet that day that oh, Hi-Fi yeah. Rush dropped? It was manic. I mean, I of mean, course you would. 
Dude, I I will never forget the studio, like the vibe at the studio. It was unlike anything that, that's happened before where it was a, a the Xbox developer showcase. I don't even think we were reacting to it officially. Maybe we were, but uh, not the whole squad. It was on in the like main office area, just on the TV. And I just remember like this coming on. Everybody that was working kind of stopped what they were doing and looked at this like, what is this game? Like, this makes no sense. And it was like out today. And it's like, what? How? That was awesome. Yeah. It was discovery. It was it was a perfect moment of discovery. I know we were talking about Shinji Mikami, but that 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 hi-fi rush moment of of people not knowing what this game was going to be, and it was like we were all six or seven again, where we had no idea what the game was going to be, and it was that pure enjoyment of something experiencing it for the first time without having any prior knowledge of it. There was something so pure and organic about that relationship with that game that people hopefully still have, and I just kind of want to congratulate everyone for. Um, the release of that game was masterful and I think should go, you know, if we're talking like great video game, video game moments of the year, the release of Hi-Fi Rush has to be up there because it was impeccable. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Shinji Mikami, um, great, great. Put your mind, put your mind um, to it and, and create something wonderful. Um, and I, you know, I again, think that these two stories back to back are are so special. Like you, you look at the lineage of these of these guys and like the the games that we're talking about, whether it's Capcom or Platinum or everything in between. There, like the Resident Evil games we're talking about. Like we're we're just in such a different era of video games where they are so much more in every single way. Whether it's more more games, more systems, more players, more every single thing. Back in the '90s, when a lot of these games, or even early 2000s, like it was somewhat tenable if you had the funds or means to play every single video game like or every yeah. every like main video game that's out there um where that's simply impossible now like you cannot do that no matter how hard you try it, even looking at just the way some games are played where there are just forever games that like you can't finish fortnite it just goes on and on and on or dota or league or any of those type of things um, but th we're talking about uh, developers, directors of some of the most iconic classic games from the most iconic classic franchises of all time um, that kind of set the groundwork for, I mean, entire genres, right? Like we're talking about survival horror, yeah. like these guys in particular in different ways are just so key and so important. And then to see them do different things, whether it's Okami or um, a Hi-Fi Rush or something like this, it's like the involvement in so many different styles of games, like, I just think that it's it's really special that we are lucky enough to be in an industry that there are OGs that are now kind of in a position to have more freedom than they've ever had. Somewhat, somewhat even for the second time of being like, mm. "Hey, fresh restart again. What do we do?" But the, these 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 gentlemen, alongside the people who worked with them, I think you know no individual makes a video game but these people have, have spearheaded not just video games but video game systems that and video the way we play video games they have created those games that define us so if you think about devil may cry you think about resident evil resident evil 4 in particular mm -hmm. like the pioneering behind the shoulder like video games today exist on those systems like if you play final fantasy 16 the fighting system is designed by Ryota Suzuki, who worked on Devil May Cry 5. Mm -hmm. It's there there are these these systems and the ways of playing the game were pioneered by these people. So even though the games they've made might be years old, their legacy lives on. And I think it cannot be understated how important their contribution to the video game industry is. Um, because we're playing their games every single day. 
that we play games because they have pioneered that way of us interacting with the games that we love. Absolutely. Moving on to story number five, we got a Lords of the Fallen review roundup. Currently, it's sitting at a 77 on Metacritic and a 74 on OpenCritic. Travis Northup at IGN gives it an 8 out of 10, saying Lords of the Fallen's a great Souls-like and it's a killer new idea of swapping between two versions of the world to solve puzzles and slay enemies. And it's an excellent twist to set it apart from the pack. That concept's unfortunately hamstrung by numerous highly annoying technical issues and weak boss fights. Damn, weak boss fights in a Souls-like. Can't be doing that. Mm. Uh, but awesome explorable areas and fantastic build crafting more than make up for these shortcomings. If like me, you're a sucker for a quality action RPG, even amid a clear overabundance of them, then this reboot is well worth your time. Uh, Wesley LeBlanc at Game Informer gives it a six out of 10, saying despite a solid gameplay foundation, stunning world and unique two realm mechanic, by the time I reached credits after 48 hours, I was overjoyed to be done. Uh, and Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer gives it a two out of five. Uh, missing the elegance of From Software, Lords of the Fallen's let down by Souls-like cliches and performance woes. So a little bit of a mixed bag here. I'd say more mixed than um, a lot of uh, recent big games like this have kind of been, where like maybe there'll be one yeah. outlier or so, but this kind of feels a little bit all over the place, but still ending at a 77 on, uh, on Metacritic there. You interested in this one at all? Um. I'm going to say no, but that's not because um, I wouldn't want to play this type of game in any other year. Yes. Um, but I think there's lots of games that are out this year, including other Souls-likes, which I have yet to have play, played. Um, but I think that your mileage may vary is probably the overall review of this, isn't it, really? Um, I've heard lots of people say glowing things about this game because it's exactly what they want to play right now. Um, it's a shame, as you pointed out, that the boss fights aren't up to scratch. I think if anything is a Souls-like, you're, you're, you are pushing a boulder up a hill um, because you're comparing it to some of the best yeah. video games ever made. Um, and so you're instantly going to be in deficit, um, really. It's, you know, what's, what's one of the most recent Souls games, really? Elden Ring, what, well, the greatest video game of all time. Like, you can't really compare it to that. And you're always going to be, it's less good than the thing that I've enjoyed playing. So Lords of the Fallen was always going to have a, a, a problem with that. But it sounds that, you know, if, if you go to it, I've heard people say it's going to be a fantastic experience. Um, I also get a shout out to um, Ed and Wesley. I know them both. I think they're wonderful people. Oh, for um, sure. So they're great. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't Ed's type of game. And that's, that's fine. I think we also need to remember with reviews, they are people's opinions. They are not the law and you don't have to decide whether you want to play a game if it has a 77 or metacritic play the game if you want to play the game it doesn't mean it is objectively good or objectively bad it just means that is an aggregate of people's individual experiences with it yeah. um and so yeah if you want to go play laws of the fall and play it, it sounds like it's a fun time yeah but ben totally. how am i going to enjoy it if i know there's other people out there who don't enjoy it i <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, I think this this year has uh, been unfortunate for people using Metacritic as a way of trying to define their own individual opinions. They need to maybe just let's not even get into that. Yeah, um, I think we are very right. fortunate. We're fortunate to be in a position where we are in a, we're in a year where some of the best video games 
of of the past 10 years have come out right next to each other. I think Lords of the Fall is, is unfortunate because any other year, I think it would be a game that would be celebrated. And it's just, you know, what's coming out in the next three weeks, Spider-Man and Alan Wake 2. What came out in the last three weeks, Liza P, another game that like what you're talking about here, it's like, it is a Souls-like and it did it right. People are like saying, yeah. no, it feels like a Souls-like game. It is in a sim similar realm as those and like, those levels of comp of, uh, of comparison, I feel like, can benefit or hinder you based on how close you get to that experience that people expect. That's a crazy thing, isn't it? I, I find, I, and I don't know what it is, but Souls games, so the, the Dark Souls, the, the three Dark Souls games, they have, we call them Souls-likes. It's, it's an amazing, <laughs> I really do think that they have pioneered something that is is really remarkable because Liza P is essentially Bloodborne, right? It's Bloodborne, but Pinocchio. And it, 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 it's always going to be in direct comparison to that. And it's a bold move to make a game that is is blatantly playing homage to this, this PlayStation 4 classic, some might say the best PlayStation 4 game, and say, like, you, we're going to make that game because they're not going to make another one and, and do it so successfully, um, I think is, is kind of unheard of. I think Liza P is probably the first game to really successfully do it to a level where people are going, this actually might be as good as these games. Um, I mean, it's definitely so one of the few. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now um, that that aren't from from. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. It, it is you bringing up the the souls like just as a concept. It is pretty wild because you know we have things that are like genre likes that we we use a lot. But is there any example that we can think of that isn't souls like or Metroidvania that are like? the way we talk about games are just using other games directly like yeah. that. Like not genres, not like it's consoles it's on or whatever, but just specifically souls. Like we know what that means. Metroidvania. We know what isn't, that means. Isn't roguelike and roguelike. Isn't rogue like a game. That is the, that's the yeah. thing that I, I'm a little, always a little confused about. Like, I think rogue is yeah. a game. Okay. Rogue then, is yeah. a game. Then, yeah. and, and then those, yeah. but like those three examples, right? Like it's, it's just wild yeah. that like they really kind of, um, People saying Doom clone, which, yeah, I think we're like yeah, but not the same. Yeah, but it's uh, like I think soul, soul, souls like it's so it's so strange that we because they are they they did again they they defined a way of playing video games and mm -hmm. when we played them you can't get away from it like the Star Wars game is both a Metroidvania and a souls -like you're right <laughs> like that's so do you know what i mean like <laughs> that's what they are They're, that it's that except it's star wars um and it's we're just kind of like splicing it now we're bioshocking the hell out of this um it's i think it's it's super super interesting yeah um, it, it definitely I'm, is i'm interested to see what the next game is that that has that same effect i would say that that souls like is the most recent you know what's what's next that, yeah. that kind of really defines an entire um, system of video games. I mean, I, you know, I think that we might have already had that answer in Fortnite, right? Where whether or not Fortnite was the first yeah. to have uh, a battle pass, I think that that whole style is, we don't say a Fortnite-like, but like, I feel like we, games as a service, whatever you want to call it, just the word battle pass, right? Like that, 
I think mm -hmm. is one of those um, systems that we're, we're talking about. But I, I am interested, what is the next one? What is the next big thing? But uh, moving on story number six, uh, paradox to write down Lamplighter's league costs, confirm layoffs at Hairbrain Schemes. Uh, this comes from Marie at gamesindustry.biz. Paradox Interactive has announced it will write down capitalized development costs for the Lamplighters League and confirmed layoffs occurred at developer Hairbrain Schemes earlier this year. In a post on its website, the Swedish company explained that uh, about $30 million will be recognized as cost in the fourth quarter of 2023, which will have an impact on its profit before tax during the same quarter, with losses linked to the title estimated to reach about $23 million. The Lamplighters League is a fun game with many strengths. Uh, even though we see cautiously positive player numbers in subscription services, the commercial reception's been too weak, which is frankly a big disappointment. Game projects are by their nature always risky, but at the end of the day, we haven't performed at the level we should. It's painful, but makes us more eager to roll up our sleeves and do better. Uh, additionally, layoffs happened at Lamplighters League's developer, Paradox-owned Hairbrain Schemes, over the summer. Uh, the news was first shared on Reset Era by a former employee who said that 80% of the studio or so was let go in July. The layoffs were confirmed by a Paradox representative to PC Gamer, who didn't provide numbers but said Hairbrain Schemes staff was significantly reduced over the summer as the game entered its last phase of development and launch preparations. The spokesperson also shared that Paradox is still working on its post-launch support plan for the Lamplighters League. The title launched just last week with PC Gamer pointing out that its all-time peak concurrent player count only reached $690 or 690. Sad news obviously as we continue to just talk about layoffs time and time again on this show. Uh this one does feel a little bit different. This doesn't seem like man horrible capitalism bullshit acquisitions and stuff caused horrible problems. This just seems like games are hard, man. Finding that audience is hard. Sometimes you put your best foot forward and it just simply doesn't work. Um, and I think that, you know, for as big as games are, there's a pro and con to that because you, you, you take that risk and if you can find that audience, great, but it is more likely than not, especially these days, you're not going to get that audience, especially if you need that audience, you need a concurrent player base, uh, for your game to, to continue to, to thrive. It's shit is what it is. It's absolutely awful. And I think this is just another another notch of 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 bad news when it comes to people who work in video games because it just shows you how cutthroat it is um and we are so lucky that so many amazing games have come out in the past year but we are so unlucky because there's just not enough space for all of them and not everything can be the biggest smash hit and video games aren't just hard to make they take a long time so something that could have been an absolute smash hit three years ago might not be by the time it comes out yep and so you can and you can see that and by all accounts this is a this is a great video game that lots of people enjoy playing but it doesn't matter how good your game is if people aren't playing it then it just isn't sustainable and that is such a shame for the people who enjoy the game you know and also it's so sad for the people who've clearly dedicated a large portion of their life to making it and um i every time i hear you guys talk about a story like this or i read a story it, it makes me really sad because um I I I I know people. We know people who make these games, and they love them. They make them because this is this is a passion that just happens to be a job, and it's such a shame. Yep, absolutely. Well, Ben, I look forward to a day that we don't talk about layoff stories on this show. And unfortunately, I feel like that is so far away. That is a segue that I'm not proud of, everybody. But if I want to know what's coming uh... to Mom and Drop Shop today, where would I look?
the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Game Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah yeah. Out today, we have Salt Sea Chronicles on PlayStation Five, Switch, and PC. Rungor Early Access on PC, Star Trek Infinite on PC, uh, and Super 56 is out now on Steam. Uh, Some new dates for you. Sovereign Syndicate launches on January 15th, 2024 on PC. Dead Island 2's first DLC, House, launches on November 2nd. Uh, Greg Miller's stoked for that one. Uh, Among Us new map, The Fungal, uh, launches on October 24th as a free update on all platforms. And PlayStation Access Controller launches on December 6th. Pretty cool. I've seen a lot of cool stuff about this. Uh, and yeah. Logitech just announced they're putting out a suite of accessory, uh, accessories for it as well. So always love seeing that stuff um, get support. Um, let's jump over to You're Wrong to see what we got wrong here um, during this beautiful show. Let's see. Um, Bull Borden just writes in with some fun stuff here. Note about the cats in Assassin's Creed uh, with the assassin symbol on their nose. They're taken from photos of a real cat whose owner is a fan of the series. The white fur pattern around its nose and jowls almost perfectly resembles the crest of the assassins. The cat recently passed away. I didn't want to know that. And the fan was able to get in touch with Ubisoft's community team. I guess Ubi loved it, and it ended up that their precious little cat uh, assassin, a cat assassin, I like that, uh, will live on forever in Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, P.S. Love you, Ben. You're incredible. Yes, you are, Ben. And also, that's actually a good end of the story there. This cat being able to be immortalized in Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me about dead animals. Don't do that. But I'm glad that it gets, you know, if, 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 you know, when Milton were to pass, I would want him to be honored uh, in a game. That's really cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What a, what a lovely, what a lovely tribute to clearly um, a very loved animal. Uh, the homie Radic from uh, CG Project Red writes in and says, Tim, just so you know, one of the first known examples of a battle pass concept was seen in Valve's Dota 2 during an event that surrounded the International in 2013, the annual esports tournament for the game. Fortnite's battle pass was years later. So there you go. Um, showed you yeah, radic showed you up <laughs> I, I appreciate that man radic writes in I, I know we're about to get some real shit you know uh, but yeah that's yeah. all we got wrong because we are beautiful human beings um we're about to do our super cool post show where snowbike mike's going to join us you can write in your youtube super chats to ask ben any question you want we're going to talk a little bit more about the dnd thing he's got going on natural six uh and just have some fun uh tomorrow it's going to be me and bless closing out the week here on kind of funny games daily uh and then after this we're going to be doing a super fun stream mike's playing some kingdom hearts is that right continuing his kingdom hearts journey uh but until next time ben where can people find you you can find me being an idiot on the internet uh at the underscore ben underscore star on both instagram and twitter everybody go do that until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you and here he is big snow bike mike joining the crew how you doing, Mike? Good. <laughs> the energy, man. Ben Starwood up, homie. How are you, ma'am? Ben, you know what? I'm doing really well. I want you to know that I miss you. I love seeing all your crazy antics on social media, and uh, I mm-hmm. hope that you're doing well, bro, bro. I'm doing so well, especially now that you're here. I'm <sighs> so thrilled that you're playing Kingdom Hearts. Right? I watched a bit of your stream. It's madness. <laughs> it's madness. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Uh, I'm having a ton of fun. Where are it's you? A, where are I, I think we're at the end. Oh, really? We just finished Atlantica. 
Okay. So shout out to Little Mermaid. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's got a fish and a crab. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? There's oh, a, lot going, yeah. a lot going Have on. Have you never? <laughs> what? There's a lot going on. I'll tell you more about it. You know, I just, you know. God. Uh, yeah. So we just finished that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I got to go back to T-Town. I think we're, we're near the end. We're mm -hmm. near the end. There's a lot yeah. going on. Ben, do you like Kingdom Hearts? Mm -hmm. I uh, I do like Kingdom Hearts. I played the first one. The first one was one of my favorite games when it came out. And then, this is, fans hate me for this. I actually haven't played any of them since one. I haven't even played two. Yeah, um, you got to play so two. It's something I know I've got to play two. And I, that's actually a thing I really want to go back and do, um, is like revisit and just play two and then play all 35 games before I yes. can play the third one. Exactly. Yeah, Ben gets um, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, ben, hey, next you're, time you're, you're here, we'll we'll kick it on together. We got to figure it out. Oh, dude, I love we'll that. Kick it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, oh your boys God. from Final Fantasy VIII are in it, man. You got to check that out. Yeah. The guy yeah, with the blitz ball. No, that's ten. That's my boy yeah, Chad. That's, that's the one. You know about that's Chad. The one right there. All about Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it in one. Nailed it in one. The guy dude, honestly, ball. you should start streaming, man. You should do play, do a playthrough of Kingdom Hearts. People would love that. They would. They would. I I don't have the bandwidth literally in my head to be able to, to do to stream i Fair. see all that i see everyone streaming and i'm like I, I don't know how you have the time i don't even have the time to just look at my phone let alone stream stuff <laughs> don't have time for this like i'm bet Stop he's texting busy. me he's a busy man <laughs> ben let's talk about it tell me about this DD &D experience because of course we yeah. just did a DD &D experience i know that you were talking about your stuff i want to know fill yeah. me in what's going on i, I didn't even know um, so it's, uh, going to be a fun little thing. We're launching a Kickstarter on Monday oh. um, because we want people to give us money to do it. Cause it's going to cost us lots, but we want to make it. Um, it's me. It's five other personalities. It's me, Geralt of Rivia himself, Doug oh. Cockle, who just sound like it's weird playing D and D with, with Doug. Cause it's just like, hello there. I mean, I can't even do his voice. He's just so deep. <laughs> Um, it's, I don't know, I don't know, I'm doing him a disservice. Um, he, uh, it's, it's, uh, he plays, um, a dragonborn called Kel, um, and it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, we've just got just, um, just a huge wealth of experience. Like Aoife is a, is, you know, a DM herself, but she's kind of throwing it out and going to come and play with us. And Harry McIntyre is our amazing dungeon master. And it's just going to be, just going to be madness. And, uh, we want to get the community involved um so we've got a really cool tier where people who you know come in at the highest tier have the opportunity to insert their character from their home game literally kind of into the game itself um so we want to kind of allow people to feel like they're a part of this adventure with us a bit like you guys have created a community with kind of funny i i i see that as a template right the the idea of being a kind of funny best friend is really important to people and i think that's what we want to do in natural six is is feel like you know when you're a lot of people who've watched these D&D &D actual plays haven't started at the beginning. It's like, you can come and play with us for the first time. You can watch these characters be built from the ground up. You don't have to go back and watch 300 episodes. Like, we're starting episode one, and you can get on board with us. And that's what we want, really. Yo, See what that's happens. awesome. We got we to gotta pay for that tier. We yeah. got to get more blue in the game. Oh, my God. Oh, you my know God. What, oh, my God. Get ready to swipe the card, Tim, okay? <laughs> Payday's coming up. We're doing Monday, it. Monday, baby. Now... Ben, that's really awesome. Can I ask you about your D&D background? Like, have you played a bunch of D&D &D in your life? Are you a big D&D &D guy or is this new to you? Um, it's relatively new. It's something I've wanted to do for years. And um, we were just kind of chatting with a load of mates. I guess things said like five or six months ago. And we were just playing and hanging out. And then we thought, let's actually, this is quite cool. I'm not that experienced at it. In fact, I've, I've, 
I barely know what I'm doing, but it, the experience was just so enjoyable that we just went, yeah, why don't we, why don't we see if we can, we can turn this into something. And so we've been practicing and, and getting a little bit better. And I've chosen an incredibly hard, hard class, um, as, as Harry pointed out to me, but I'm in for it, man. I'm a little chaos gremlin. You know, you've seen me online, you know what I'm capable of. Um, <laughs> I'm I wouldn't scared. expect any else from you. Was right. No, 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 no. I'm not scared. I'm so, coming for you. Quick question um, on this. What, what's the product going to be like for people that are, that are watching, whether they, they support on the Kickstarter or not, is it going to mm -hmm. be like a, a weekly series? on a youtube channel yeah yeah that's what we wanted to do so depending on how much backing we get we kind of we, we were estimating it's going to be a 10 episode series but we really want to make it longer you know Ooh, we want okay. to do it for as long as possible harry has we have a world we have a, a huge huge world and um you're meeting these characters they're members of the web um which is this cd underground organization who basically do dirty deeds for people for a price oh. um and uh yeah yeah we're, we're, we're brought together it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, I'm really excited, but, and uh, we want it to be, we want it to be more than 10 episodes, but that's what we've kind of said at the bare minimum. We want to give you that. And then hopefully we can build from there. We're not expecting it to be this overnight sensation. Like I said, we want to build a community that care and people that want to join us on this journey. And um, we want to be able to have that relationship with fans that you guys have with your fans. And, and I think that's, that's what I'm interested in because that's what I get so much out of from being a part of the Final Fantasy community and how how amazing they've been. I just think, well, let's let's do that with, you know, let's combine the Final Fantasy community. Let's combine the with the Xenoblade community, with the Witcher community, with the Cyberpunk community. Let's go. Um, so, it. yeah, it's going to be a big old, big old loving. Sounds fun. This is awesome, Ben. I can't wait for the Kickstarter to start on Monday. Where we're Monday, going yeah, That's you can great. you can sign up now. So if you go onto the Kickstarter page, you can just sign up to be notified because some of the tiers are limited because of the fact is we can't have everyone. So if you want to yeah. get in early, they might go quite quickly. So click on the Kickstarter to be notified. I'm, I'm super it's in the, it's super in the chat right super now. excited for this one because yep. I mean us doing the D and D thing recently we and like kind of off of it. Yep. getting into the world a little bit. Like I've been snooping around YouTube trying to like see if there's like any D and D shows for me to watch because I want to get a better idea of like what people are doing out there, how it's actually supposed to be done. And it's daunting. Like, look at it, like, even, like, some of the shorter kind of, like, little things. I, I know Sage, uh, our friend, was uh, promoting her, her pirate-themed one, uh, saying that it was a, a much smaller project, so I want to check that out, too. But I'm excited for this, like, being a yeah. brand new, from day one, being able to watch. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, awesome. and, like, Holly, Holly Bennett, who is an absolute powerhouse in this, um, she's never played D&D &D before at all. And so... It's almost like with some of us, we're learning to play as well as we go. Like, we, you know, we've got the confidence, you know, I'm going to kick down a door and throw some spells around and they're going to do absolutely nothing. And I'm going to learn with, through those mistakes. And I think that allows people who do find D&D &D daunting to be like, well, learn it with us, you know, yeah, let's, let's, cool. let's make Make's these off. mistakes together and throw the wrong die. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, but Harry knows exactly what he's doing and he's so good at, at kind of allowing us to make mistakes and then playing with us and allowing that to be a continual part of the story you know it's not like oh that doesn't work he really kind of weaves it into the narrative as a whole so it's really fun yeah. that's great yeah you got to have someone like that nick oh, yeah. did a good job with us doing that yeah ben tim let's jump into the super chats because we got so many super chats and resubs coming in to talk with you two incredible show hosts today let's go with joshy g with the five dollar super chat that says Clive has become one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters. Your performance was brilliant, Ben. Tim, 
FF16 spoiler cast when? Dude, at the time. I want to do it, man. I really, we, we, we really got to do it. And it's even yeah. extra hard having Ben here. I want uh -huh. Ben on it so bad. And it's just hard to make everything yeah. line up and make it all happen. I think that's it, right? Is, is you and I have expressed a desire that it's something that we would love to do. Um, but I think that there has to be a right time for it. Yep. And um, there will be, you know, we've, we've announced that there's DLC coming, Final mm -hmm. Fantasy 16. There's, there's still more story to be told. So maybe further down the line, yeah. um, we Which, can figure out a way of doing that. By the way, I'm so freaking excited for that. I am so happy DLC is actually happening. Like, it wasn't a sure thing, but like, we're getting more Fall Fantasy 16, baby. Hell yeah. People wanted it. They wanted it. So um, yeah, Yoshi P said, you want it? Here it is. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. We'll but yeah, guys, we're, we're trying on the spoiler cast. I promise you. I promise you. I promise. <laughs> Arturotron, the robo bartender, writes in with a $10 super chat and says, can we hear Ben Starr do an impression of Andy Cortez impersonating Clive, impersonating Ben Starr? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, hello there. My name is Andy Cortez, and I am being Clive. That's me there. Hello. I'm really good at accents. There you go. I like, I like that you did the keep your head still thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's how I see it, right? Yeah, Mr. Halls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten so out of ten. I can tell you how that came about. That came about was I kept seeing him on stream doing it. So I just messaged him. I was like, do you mind if I just send you something that just rips the shit out of you for doing it? He was like, yeah, whatever. And then I just sent him a recording and he played along to it and made it like 10 times funnier than it had any right to be. It was so good. You guys crushed it, man. That, honestly, that is one of my favorite moments of... of year mm -hmm. <laughs> one talented dude with another talented dude oak toasted Ta writes in with the five dollar super chat that says hey y'all joe from down the road here i also wanted to give my compliments <laughs> to ben and the entire cast of final fantasy 16 for their outstanding performances thank you Heck and yeah, it's always man. nice to meet a joe from down the road Shout out to Joe um, from down the road. Met a couple yeah. of them in my day <laughs> tell you what ben what how's your your uh have you platinum final fantasy 16 I would say I'm probably about three hours away from platinuming Final wow. Fantasy 16. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I I um, as I'm sure you guys are aware, like when your when your life is video games, it can be quite overwhelming. But in spe specifically, my life was Final Fantasy 16 for about two months, my entire life, and so I was playing it, I was talking about it, I was doing interviews about it. I, I wouldn't stop living it, you know. And the algorithm on the internet was obviously like, you might be interested in Final Fantasy 16. At one point, Amazon recommended that I buy it, and I thought, <laughs> mm, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? I was a bit like, the algorithm has heard me. Yeah. Um, and like, it wouldn't stop like playing adverts for the game of me just shouting, "Come to me, you're free." And it, <laughs> and it got to a point. It got to a point where I was like, I need to stop. I I need mm -hmm. to stop now. I do accept um, the truth. And I, I stopped to. Yeah, I pressed L3 and R3. Um, and, uh, and I really like that point in the game, by the way. That's probably my favorite point in the game. Um, and so I just had to stop. And so I took a break and I'm playing other games. I went and played Viewfinder. Like I'm playing Cocoon right now. Um, have you played Cocoon? Not yet. It's on, it's on my list for the, the winter break. It is a top get. That is a, ga that is a game and a half. Yeah. I, I love that game. Um, yeah, would recommend Cocoon. But yes, I'm about three, three, four hours away from getting the Platinum. Hell yeah. Putting in that work. All right, let's jump over to the Twitch side of things because we got some resubs to shout out. Lewis9000 with the Prime Gaming Sub for 25 months says, For Ben, if you could voice act any anime character, who would that be? 
that's such a good question. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, who do you think I'd be good as? I think you'd be great in One Piece. I think you would compliment Sanji well or possibly Zoro. But, you know, that's in a different universe. That's a different timeline, Ben. I feel like, I feel like by me, and this is, you know, when people are, when people voice characters, there's kind of theirs and me saying, I think I could do it better mm -hmm. is I feel like I don't want to insult someone's brilliant work. Um, but yeah, I'd love to be, I'd love to be in one piece. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Oh my um, gosh. The grand adventure. Uh, Come on. Uh, I hung out with, um, Faye Mata recently who voices, um, a new character in the new Pokemon series. And I, I just. I was like, this is your job now for like the rest of your life. This is it. You're <laughs> locked in. Yeah, Pokemon yeah, yeah. For the... It's mad. It's mad. And you know, I've also, I think so wonderful as I've met a lot of voice actors recently, um, obviously, but so many of them, so many of them are huge, huge fans of the work that they do. You know, the story now, we're at people who are voicing stuff who grew up with these, you know, we grew up with Pokemon or we grew up with Final Fantasy or Resident Evil or whatever. And the people who grew up with them are now playing these characters. And I love it. I love how much like the kids now get to kind of play, play for real. And, and it's, it's really wonderful how I'm, I'm getting to meet so many people who are proud of the work that they do because it means so much to them. And Faye is one of those people who's just the biggest Pokemon fan. And she's like, and now I'm voicing one of the main characters in so the new cool. Pokemon. Like, wild. I, I wild. love that you were just hanging out with everyone. Like I got a DM from Ben out of nowhere. Can I talk about this? Yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, the coolest thing ever. A couple weeks ago, I just get a DM from Ben, and it is the voice of Hetty Barres. Oh, it's it's yeah, the voice of Hetty Barres, who's Yuna in Final Fantasy X. And I'm just like, oh my god! And it's just her like saying what's up to me. I mean, this is the coolest Amazing. thing ever, man. Ah. Ben, you you rock, dude. Really quick, I've got so a suggestion. Oh, not a character, but I do think Ben, your voice would fit in the world of Spy Family. I've not like read the manga of Spy Family, but I think that's like. I think that's a unique uh, kind of tone that your voice would uh, fit into that world very well. Is the new series out? Did it just it uh, just started. Like uh, <sighs> first episode of season two just started last week. Her good things. It's so good. good. Ben, watch that show. It's so good. Get on that country roll, y'all. Thank you. Uh, Ron Q with the tier one sub for 28 months. Thank you, Ron Q. Cam with the Prime Gaming sub for 60 months. Thank you, Cam. And SD Infected says... For tier one sub for 39 months has been on hold for 90 plus minutes. Thanks for keeping me entertained. I thrive being put on hold. I want everyone to know that. You I watch. Thrive. I thrive. Why do you thrive on it? What does that mean? I put that thing on speakerphone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh -huh. And I go do my life. I'll fold laundry. I'll go out in the yard and do yard work. You can play that music all day long if you want. I'll be there. I'll wait until Susie Q That's answers the phone. And then Susie me and Susie Q, Q we'll, we'll handle business. Hell yeah, I thrive man. on hold. Mike actually gets That's where you come done. alive. <laughs> yeah, you're dead before hold. Then you turn hold on and suddenly you're just it. <laughs> Altered Rain with the Prime Gaming stuff for 77 months says, Mike, love the hair. I'm so happy you're playing Kingdom Hearts. Can't wait to see you get through this journey. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for riding with me during that. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Let's finish out one and then we'll go to two. I love that, man. Let's talk about the hair for a second. Is there product in it today? No. This, See, this is what I'm talking about. I, I like it. I like the no product, but a little a little bit of the volume in the front. You like the up. Yeah. You don't like the down. I, not not when you push it down too much. What I if think... I do like this? No, Could I don't do a... the Andy thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Andy thing. You know, my, Ben, here's a fun one for you. My dad came to the studio once, and he was super happy to meet everybody because he, he knows all the names, right? And then uh, we went to dinner. 
And he goes, remind me of that one guy's name, the guy who looks like he just woke up. And I was like, Andy, you know, that's Andy. And he just <laughs> looking a little tired. That's all. Bander SM with the $10 super chat says, Hey Ben loved 16 loved Clive loved your performance. Can you ask Tim why he refuses to do a spoiler cast for 16? It's so, it's so disrespectful no, to your work. Tim, why are you such a coward? <laughs> no, you're pulling a Greg Miller. That's, Great. I'm getting Greg Miller that, by Ben Starr. That's now. what people Fantastic. do, is right. Uh, also, hope I, to see Clive in Kingdom Hearts 4. Fuck now, yeah. that would be a wild one right unlikely, there. Unlikely, but I would love that. And only, okay. only unlikely because they've uh, like given up on the Final Fantasy stuff in Kingdom Hearts for some reason. Yeah. Okay, I don't, well, don't know why. spoil it for me. Don't spoil it for me. Sorry. <laughs> CJ Sorry. writes in with the $2 <laughs> super chat says Clive voice performance of the year at TGA. Joshua. I mean, look, I know who I'm voting for. <laughs> Let me put it that way. How does that? Can I ask some questions? Can I ask some behind the curtain questions that I don't know? Just like, is Ben invited to that right now? Does Ben know personally he's going? Because like people vote for the top six, let's say. So like what, what happens in Ben Starr's situation right now? Someone who crushed the role. He's one of the top like you know, 20 people in the industry right now for this year. What's up with Ben? Is he going to this guaranteed? Is he just, does he choose to go? Does he wait for the phone call? What happens here? We could ask Ben. Yeah, Ben, what, what, you, you got I mean, a phone? I like that you're asking to, has, to know. Has ask Jeff Keeley called yet? Please. Um, so uh, I don't know how any of it works. What I do know is from the experience that my friend Charlotte McBurney went through last year when she was nominated as Amicia in A Plague Tale. Um, and uh, she was, I think they, they genuinely find out when everyone else finds out, right? It's, it's you, you, you get found out when you get nominated. So that's what it is. I think when it comes to the Game Awards and when it comes to just voice acting in general this year, what makes me so happy about it is that uh, British-based voice actors are being celebrated so widely whether it is in Final Fantasy 16, all of my colleagues in that game, you know, Ralph Einson, I mean, the voice of the summer, for God's sake, Come in being on. in Diablo and Final Fantasy 16. And his performance is so real and raw. And then you've got, obviously, all the Baldur's Gate 3 cast who are so stellar in what they do. I think I'm so fortunate to be in a year where I'm, I'm getting to experience that with people who I think are so, so talented and whose performances should be celebrated. And we have such a rich, rich well of voice talent in this country that has been showcased by these games. And it, and it makes me really proud to be a part of that. So yeah, really, I'm, listen, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just having a good time coming on podcast with you, playing some D&D. &D, mm -hmm. Hell yeah. You know, whatever well, the future holds. Get that bag packed. You never know. Jeff Keighley could call. Well, Jeff so, Keighley so personally we do call know, him. We know because of Greg Miller. Because okay. Greg Miller was nominated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And uh -huh. so we do know, like, he didn't know that until anybody did. Like, we, so we didn't get any type of heads all up. Of the, all the nominations come in. He gathers them. Puts them out to the public. Here's the top six. Yeah. Now it's revealed that Ben Starr has been nominated. Who calls Ben? I don't, Does Jeff Keighley call and say, what up, Jeff? I what up, Ben? It's Jeff. I don't Congratulations. think so. I don't even no? necessarily think that. I don't necessarily think that just because you're nominated, you're invited to go. No, everybody's invited if you're nominated. I don't know. Nope. I don't know. That's not true. I don't know. What? <laughs> he's Ben That's Star. Of course, he's getting thrown <laughs> out there. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. But okay. Well, Ben. 
pack your bag. I'll see you. I'll see you in December. I mean, let me I tell you this: Bray didn't get flown out. That's crazy. That was the first year, though. It wasn't that the was first a long year. Time. It was it a long time. First year. It was a long time ago, Tim. We don't even talk about that. <laughs> this is the dark ages. We don't even remember that. Dark ages. <laughs> maybe you're a menace. Maybe you could just like um, do some more super chats and just and just yeah. pay for me to fly out, regardless. There we go. Thing. That's we can do thing. that, yeah. man. Because we have more coming in. Short nerdy man writes in with a tier one sub for thirty nine months, and this one always makes me smile because it gets me thinking about something I love. They should they should make a cowboy Assassin's Creed. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, oh, Snowbike Mike, is that what you love? No. I just want Ubisoft and Far Cry to make a Jurassic Park game already. I'm sick of it. Okay, don't bring up Primal. Don't you bring up Primal to me. Tip of my I want a Chris Pratt Jurassic World. I'm running around shooting dinos with trank darts, fighting off evil forces, trying to take dino eggs. And okay. me and Blue. You want Turok. That's what you want. Exa Thank you, you Ben. Go. I want Turok in Far Cry. Yeah, Would yeah. you be okay if yeah. the characters are blue? Because if so, I have the game. No, I don't want Avatar. <laughs> I don't want Avatar. What, how about this, Mike? How about this, Mike? Uh, Chris Pratt DLC in Far Cry Primal. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Chris Pratt DLC, Mario Wonder. How about Assassin's Creed Cowboy? So you into that? You know, there's something about that that actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't. Yeah, it does it, good. It's like, uh, what was that one movie? Cowboys and Aliens? Where it's like, this shouldn't work. But it's but cool. But it, it does yeah. kind of sound cool. Um, I think I do think there is a game that is essentially Assassin's Creed Cowboys, and that's Red Dead Redemption. Have you played that game? Red Dead Redemption. There it is. True. But I, I do know what you mean, but I just don't think it'll be. It'll just be compared to Red Dead Redemption, and everyone just says rubbish because that is the problem kind of with Cowboys at this mm. point. Ooh, tough. Yeah. King Vin writes in with a $5 super chat and says, Tim, have you considered revisiting the past few years or KF Goaty now that you have a more consistent, stable games crew would make for a fun games cast? Yeah, we have a lot of fun plans for um, games casts for like November, December, January, February. That's like more normally the like slow periods of time or like the more like award season of things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Andy's been talking about that a lot and uh, we're trying to figure out some some cool things. I know two things we've been talking about doing are looking back at different uh, game of the year, uh, game of the year lists that we've had uh, in kind of funny's history and like kind of revisiting that, but then also revisiting all the games that we've reviewed. Um, and if we still stand by the scores that we gave them or for games that we never gave a score, like in our pre-scale days, like what would we give them now? Mm -hmm. Things like that, but no dates on that. No guarantees is going to happen, but we're it talking it, it would that. be really funny because we've had the same consistent crew for game of the year voting the last two years coming up on the third year. Right. I, it would be really funny if like I had everybody like send in their top tens from like 2015 to 2019 or 2020, whatever it was with like the new crew and just see how like how much different it would be. Yeah. A lot more cool. work, but It'd be cool. <laughs> it would be cool. Daniel Honeycutt I, writes in. Oh, go Ben. Up, ben? No, I, I like I. I and I'm, I was about to start an entirely new conversation about game of the year. It just you, you carry on. There's, no, there's, go, Ben. Get weird with it. Chance. I only have a little bit of time I, with you, so yeah, get, get weird. weird. Let's get go. Get weird with it. Yeah. Do you ever one? Do you ever get that feeling in your no? Um, I with game of the year. I think a couple of weeks ago, maybe like last week or the week before, you were talking about you know your game of the year and how this year or something like you would reevaluate Deathloop, for instance, of like how it wouldn't necessarily register for you. I can't remember who was on the the uh, game day that day. Yeah. And, and then Andy? you would, and then, and, and that, and I think it's that idea of what a game meant to you at the time and what it means to you now is very interesting because 
it's it's about your shifting relationship with video games based on your experiences with other video games again it's it's a really interesting concept that i would love to see you guys explore because it isn't really about you can't list that one game is better than the other it's that's a stupid thing to do but we choose to do it because we want to know but it's it's about how much that game meant to you you know i think that the year where you guys voted final fantasy 7 is your game of the year or ratchet and clank is your game of the year it's very interesting to see where the crew was at it's like a, a moment in time of what you guys were enjoying and where we were in the world at the time um it would be i would love to see it i think it would be really interesting yeah definitely let's round it out because i only have a couple more minutes with the both of you daniel honeycutt writes in for the first time with a ten dollar super chat donation as an industry vet Overhiring and a huge budget are the primary culprit. Studios are constantly in a must-sell 100 million mode. You actually don't need 200 people to make a high-quality game. Yep. A little veteran yeah. knowledge right yeah. there coming at you. <laughs> yeah, now you I want to celebrate Overly Jammy, who has, sub who has super chatted 10 times. Thank you. You're kind of funny. That's awesome. Thank you, Overly Jammy. Uh, hey, Ben, are you going to be at FanFest next week? Maybe. Oh, I love that. Oh, intrigue. Oh. <laughs> That's an answer I didn't expect. I expected a yes. I won't be there. No. I won't be there in any official capacity, no. Oh, I won't okay. be there okay. in any sort of like official capacity. But I might be there to support Koji um, or something like that. I might pop by. I'm quite busy, but I'm not. I don't read that as in like Ben's turning up. Something's going to happen. No. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> they wouldn't let me anywhere near that stage. Um, I'm a liability to that to that franchise. I um, uh, no. I, I I I. It would be nice to go. It'd be nice to go. So if you if you see me around, say hi. But I haven't decided yet whether I'm I'm free or not. But um, I might be hanging around. Yeah. Okay. Guitar Hero Arrow writes in and says, "Assassin's Creed super fan here. My dream game is a medieval game set during the Wars of the Roses." If our assassin's knight was voiced by Ben, a dream. I'd love that. Thank you. Hey Make now. that and let me, yeah, let me do that, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> our final one of the day, Toby Blue with a Prime Gaming subscription for 79 months. Thank you, Toby Blue. I pressed L3 and R3 to accept the truth that Clive is actually a cool name. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I was like, I don't know what you were about to say. <laughs> Mike's had a bad habit of yeah. fucking reading shit. <laughs> I was like, do not spoil anything, my friend. Uh, it's a you cool name. You I saw it as a you cool name. Good. Ben's you performance good. Good made him. Good thing you didn't see the uh, YouTube chat at the very beginning. you <laughs> <laughs> just been reading off, uh, <laughs> written off some shit there. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool name. Yeah. Class. You know, you know, great character. Fantastic voice. Amazing character. <laughs> Except the truth that Clive is a dope name and Ben Starr is a great human being Fuck that yeah. you can go check out his awesome Kickstarter for some D&D &D action starting Monday. But you can go to that Kickstarter right now. There's a link in the chat. You can hit that little, hey, ping me, notify me, so you can possibly get involved in the game. And that's pretty rad, Ben. I hope you have a wonderful week and weekend, Ben. And we'll see you on the Kickstarter on Monday, my dude. You're incredible. You get the final word to say goodbye. What do you want to tell everybody? Uh, I just want to say that I love you guys. Um, you, you are such a huge part of my life when I listen to you every single day. You bring me so much joy. You bring everyone so much joy. Thank you so much for having me back. It means a lot. I can't wait to see you soon. Um, as soon as I'm back over, we'll, I'll, I'll pop into the studio and say hi again. Um, I, I just want to thank you. I've been listening to Kind of Funny for four years now, um, and I don't think I've ever missed the Games Daily. Like You are so much a part of like what makes my day good. 
and um thank you for everything you do well thank you you're welcome here anytime man yeah ben uh with that Thanks. it's time to say goodbye if you're watching live on twitch i'm going into the lab to play kingdom hearts if you're on youtube there will be a brand new link up shortly that you can go click on and join the fun say goodbye to ben in the comments and we'll see you back here tomorrow bye bye <laughs>